Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. It's 10 to 8 and as we mentioned, this is the space where we look at the Stories of the Week and we start to engage with what they mention and how they talk to us. Now, this morning we heard news that uh, Emirates is going to cancel several international flights to South Africa. And this is part of a massive engagement or loss of engagement in the tourist industry. And we've seen the tourist industry being impacted dramatically by lockdown regulations. And even as we go to lockdown one and even as we see the borders being open, the fact that so many countries are, are still going to be excluded from coming to South Africa means that we may not see the kind of growth that is desperately needed. So let's look at uh, where we're at and the full extent of the job losses, the opportunities that may be available and the opportunities that may have indeed been lost. On the line with us, we have Unati Henema, who teaches tourism at the Tswane University of Technology. Unati, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and good morning to all the listeners. <coughs> Unati, let's look at uh, the grim picture about uh, tourism and what it is currently sitting at with regards to loss of jobs, but also loss of enterprise in many ways as well. Well, um, the tourism industry, when lockdown regulations were created, suffered the most because agriculture was allowed to operate. Um, but we in the hotel industry, we in the restaurant eat the bulk, the vast majority of agricultural produce. I mean, imagine how many eggs we consume, how, how much bread we consume, how much perishable foods that we consume from agriculture. So the, so the demand was basically a constraint for agriculture. Yeah. So now, even when lockdown regulations were, were, were downgraded, um, the borders were closed. And then we said, but there is already community infection in South Africa. So closing the borders does not pose an additional, like opening the borders does not pose an additional risk because there's already community infection within the population. And actually, our, our, our residents have been very, very responsible in how they've managed themselves. That's why we didn't have a peak in infection. And when a tourist comes, that tourist does not go to, the, to, to areas which are highly populated. So in other words, we always say that if a tourist comes, he will go on a cruise, he will go uh, on a nature safari. And those areas will obviously comply with the World Health Organization protocols on traveling and social distancing. So we are basically saying that we will die quicker from hunger than from COVID because this sector that has been a Cinderella sector since 1994 has been constrained. And the job losses would be so massive because the value chain is so broad. I mean, for example, just think of your heart appears which is basically a second-home type of destination. That means that the person who's a domestic worker who cleans the houses there, when the old people sell their second homes because they cannot afford them, that person who's a domestic worker cannot find work anymore. Than than. So I believe government needs to come to the table, but I believe, I'm starting to believe that the ability of government to live in is now illiterate. Yeah. So, Unati, you know, you've raised an interesting issue. So we go to lockdown and the decision of home affairs is that the borders are open, but they are open specifically to um, our continent and to a and closed to a diverse list of countries from around the world. Now, what you're suggesting is that whether those people come to the country or not is not going to shift and change the numbers. 
And I'm wondering, what, why not, for example, say, okay, someone could come from wherever, I mean, Europe, somewhere in Europe, and bring with them a COVID-negative certificate. And if they test COVID positive on arrival, then they go into quarantine. Surely that would have worked a whole lot better. That, that, would, have, that, would, that would have worked so much better. And what is quite unfortunate is that we have got platforms such as Netflix where government, <clears throat> industry, and labor sit and talk about these things. Yeah. When these decisions are taken, these people are not consultants. But whenever we have job, job losses, the president says we must hold hands and work together. Yeah. How to work together when decisions that impact on job losses and job shedding, we are not involved. These things are so avoidable because we could have just sat over the table and engaged. And the, 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 our concern is that we are starting to we, we are starting to realize that there is an element of dictatorship that is starting to creep into how cabinet takes decisions because these decisions could have been engaged on and we could have worked together to yeah. find a solution. At the end of the day, our only interest is only one, to ensure that people get jobs, to ensure that people do not die from hunger, to ensure that um, the lack of health that impacts on the vast majority of South Africans, those structural challenges such as unemployment, poverty, and inequality are addressed. That is our interest. And yeah. when decisions like this, which threaten addressing poverty, unemployment, inequality, we are obviously will be sabagasted, but obviously want to engage with government because we can't be angry, but we want to engage government and say, let's take this other decision, let's take that other decision. But the question is, is government willing to listen? Unati, you teach tourism at the Tswana University of Technology, TUT, and uh, essentially what you're doing is you're putting young people out into the tourism space, a space that should ostensibly be providing huge opportunities in this country. I mean, every day I'm amazed at how beautiful our country is and the kinds of opportunities it could provide. Are you concerned that there may not be opportunities for those young students when they go out? I, I, the tourism industry, one good thing about it is that it bounces back, you know. I think if you look at September 11, what happened to the whole tourism industry, yeah. there was a big dip and it bounced back. Already right now, Europe Europe is opening its borders because it clearly understands that the tourism industry is a very, very big economic boost. I mean, uh, um, Paris is the most visited city in the whole world. And they were highly impacted and affected by COVID. But opening up was the first thing that they did. Dubai was one of the first destinations to open its borders. Not only open its borders, but go a step further and say, we are giving each and every person who wants to come to Dubai a five-year multi-entry visa because they clearly understand that those people passing through the borders, connecting in Dubai, they are leaving something, ensuring that the people of Dubai get as much money from tourism as possible. So I know that the tourism industry will bounce back, but the question is, we need the right policy. Yeah. For example, it is very expensive to travel within South Africa. That's like, and, and, and the issue that we have the wrong regulations. Under Minister Mbadula, Minister of Transportation, there is a regulation there for domestic aviation that it must be 75% owned by South Africa. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Change the regulations and say, if you want to operate an airline, it must meet all the regulations, safety, otherwise. Remove that requirement that it must be 75% owned by South Africa. I promise you, so many airlines will enter the domestic space and then open up additional airports to ensure that the price of, of connectivity, aviation wise, is going down. For example, if today you wake up and try and Google a flight to, to PD, it might 
25,000 rand. And then if you set the cafe, they will put 2,000 rand on top of that. Are you actually aware that that is a return flight overseas? So yeah. that's one of the challenges that we are facing as a country. And I believe that we can find each other if government is only willing to engage. So we need to see far better policies when it comes, particularly now with COVID-19. Unati, thank you so much for joining us. That's Unati Henema, who teaches tourism at the Tswane University of Technology, TUT. And uh, it comes on the back of the news of the opening, or perhaps not exactly opening, of the borders over the last week. And uh, we've just heard that Emirates has cancelled several international flights to South Africa with immediate effect owing to the regulations announcing this week that uh, airline crews will be treated the same as passengers. And we need to start seeing leisure and also business travel as being the same because leisure travelers coming from countries deemed high risk are not going to be allowed into the country. And we need to really start looking at how to open the borders properly and get tourists back into the country following, without a doubt, COVID protocols. And we're hearing of hotels and restaurants that are doing it appropriately. So let's continue to do it appropriately and let's try and open it up differently. So the question we asked you was, is there a teacher that's made your life completely different, that has made a huge difference? Pauline Mofolele has said, I'm eternally grateful to my high school teacher that gave me so much confidence in myself. Miss Lecholo from Muffy King instilled so much confidence in me. She said I was the brightest child she'd ever seen and met, and I believed it. And today I command respect when I get into a room and I speak to people. Thank you, Mum Lecholo from Kepalapile High School in Muffy King. I am eternally grateful. It's eight o'clock. It's time for the news. So good morning.